0: Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite
1: athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello,
0: everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers audio experience with myself, Adam Strong. As you can hear, I've got a bit of a croaky voice already, so I apologize profusely about that. But anyway, listen, super excited about today's episode. We're going to be joined very shortly with my guest, who's going to be talking about the crisis catalyst. Now, this particular gentleman, we've kind of been hanging out, really. Uh, we've been working together in collaboration probably in the last just under a year now. And it's interesting because, you know, his name is Daryl Irwin. It's from, uh, from the UK. And what I love about Daryl is that he's been, I mean, he's been, in, he's got an extensive experience in business. And back in 2001, he made the decision to stop working with brands that would take people to an early grave. We'll talk about that that in the uh, conversation. He's the founder of a marketing and branding agency, uh, agency called Creation. Uh, he's got his fingers in lots of different pies in digital marketing and also software. He also just launched a movement Which is all around humans, which is called Humans. We'll talk about that as well. He's a best selling author. He uh, co authored the book, Play the Game, with myself and and some uh, 16 other amazing people. He's also got his other book out called The Crisis Catalyst, which we'll talk about that in today's conversations. So before we get started, guys, if you have any questions, please do me a favor. Use the comments in the comment section below. That would be amazing. We love interactivity, we like connection, which is good. As you can see, I'm full of beans, full of energy. Always bring your A-game to these types of shows, as always I do. But anyway, listen, looking forward to today's conversations. Uh, So without further ado, Mr. Darwin! Woo! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) How you doing?
1: Yeah, very well. Uh, Thanks, Adam, for having me today. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to have a chat and share about how we can help people
0: exactly that's what we like to do my friend uh we like to have a good old uh chat on these shows and uh you know it, it's interesting because um you know whether it be live they be pre-recorded whatever it might be but um anyway but listen guys uh, like i said if you have any questions Uh, please use the comments in the comment section below. In fact, what I was going to say to you guys, if you are listening to us live, do us a favor give us a like, share, or a comment in the comment section below. You can do that by putting the button here. Uh, We're actually uh, streaming out through YouTube, through LinkedIn, through Facebook, or whatever it is. And if you're listening to the pre-recording of this um, on the Game Changers audio experience, you can listen to us on Apple, Amazon Music, which is a great platform, by the way, Spotify, Stitcher, pod chaser all of the wonderful uh, preferred podcasting platforms so um listen uh want to get into the crux of today um and um but you know um i was going to say to you i i wanted to talk a little bit about um uh, not just about your book but also um well first thing i wanted to ask you was in your bio we talked. you said you wanted to stop working with brands that w- took people to an early grave now Tell me what what do you mean by that? First of all, is it are you, are you? We're not talking drug companies. Tell tell us more about that and what what was what was the big reason behind that?
1: Yeah, I wasn't working for some uh, Colombian cartel. <laughs> no, I <was> gonna
0: say, <laughs> yeah, it's some, some 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 it's like uh, a, 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 a maybe like some sort of uh, cocaine factory or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, no, but you know what? It, it,
1: it basically, we we were the agency that I was we were award winning agency. Um, done some great work fantastic work and i learned a heck of a lot but within the mix or within the marketing mix of the clients that we had we had clients such as uh tobacco companies we had cigarette company uh cigarette companies events companies linked to that and also then we had um you know a lot of alcohol companies and you know what the thing is when you're involved in that and you're working in that guess what you 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 become a product of that lifestyle You know, so, you know, I remember being in an agency and a certain tobacco company would walk in and everyone put their cigarettes away and put different cigarettes on the table. (laughs) It's just insane. You know, the stuff that people did. Um, And the thing is, with the tobacco industry, they're exceedingly cash rich. And I know there was a particular project coming to the end of it. And um, it was a case of do you want to do it? Yes or no. Here's the check with a huge amount of money. Six figures. um, Do you want it now? It can be in your back. and so I very quickly be able to see that 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 money can also influence our decisions. And I got to that point where I was going to run this company, and uh, I was with uh, with a girl at the time, who became my wife, by the way. So don't worry, I was with a girl, <laughs> uh, with a girl at the time. We just questioned, is that what you want to do in life? And when you get questioned, or those deeper questions hit you, yeah. and you take that helicopter view of your career, I just realised, you know what? I'm building the wrong legacy. I'm yeah, using yeah, my yeah. skills, talents, and abilities mm. for the wrong thing. And I think my identity really was about building myself and my career. Um, and I realized that actually being that self-centered is not going to work long term. I think you end up just in a lonely place. And that's, that that was it.
0: It's, it's interesting you bring that up because even in today's world, it's amazing how many companies, individuals that work with uh, brands that, is not really in line to their personal values. Do you know what I mean? And, and they're, they're chasing the money. And we all know that money is a, well, some people would say that uh, money isn't such a bad thing. Well, for me, like you, you know, why, does, why, why do you have to go around chasing the money for the sake of, you know, just working with the wrong people? There's this inconsistency. Do you know what I mean? It's like you mentioned a really good point there. Is this is this the legacy that I want to leave? That's a really good question to ask, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the, the, the key thing is this, is that with the, you know, the pandemic and COVID and stuff like that, you know, you might have been putting hours and hours and hours into a company to hit right. a great salary. Right. But then when you realize there's furlough coming down the track, you're like. Am I really this expendable? You know, I, <laughs> I've sacrificed my family. i sacrificed this and that for the good of the company. And then when the, when the poo hits the fan, so to speak, they're ready to offload me. And I think that's what's happened is a lot of people have thought, hang on a second. Yeah, furloughs help other companies out. But the, the wider picture is this. When crisis comes, is this what you actually really want to do? And I think crisis actually gets us to questions. So that journey in the car where that question said, is this really your legacy is this really what you want to be known for and when the answer was no I realized you know what I've got to make some big decisions now some people swallow that drink it away hide it away and just carry on for the next 20 years or you do something with it and I and, and that was what I had to do I had to literally go into a boardroom um with four other people three other people that I was going to run the company with tell them I was not going to do it I was not going to sign up much to their shock uh-huh. Um, and then say I'm also going to leave the company, which was also a shock. So ten years to get into this position—that was my dream—and ten <laughs> minutes to ruin it. <laughs> did did they,
0: did they think that they, that you were on drugs or something? Did they think that you were having a bad day or you you hadn't eaten your wheatabix or so whatever? It was? <laughs> well,
1: the thing is, I did the, I did the I did the first thing was contact the owner first, and yeah. um, they got me to come around their house, and I always remember the conversation because she did her best to dissuade me. You can't do this, you can't go through with this or whatever you know look at the life that I've built and when I looked at the life that I built she had all the riches you know she was she was doing great materially yeah. yeah 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 but you when you when you come to that conclusion in your heart you realize that actually given the choice, I bet she would have built a different life but although she was at the end of her career and that was that's not a judgmental thing it was not just seeing that she used to say things like the business is my baby you know and 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 yeah it was was that and she looked after the staff exceedingly well but you could tell that she wanted more meaning out of life and that you know I was on this quest or this journey where I didn't want to end up in the same place 40 50 years down the track and look you back know, and go, you in- know what I spent my time badly
0: you know it's interesting actually at this conversation i mean you made that realization pretty young young on in your sort of business career. I still see and I'm sure you've got friends of yours that are in these what I call dead end careers where they, they feel like they don't have a choice or they feel like, oh, you know, I've got I've got my mortgage. I've got to look after the wife or whatever it is. Right. It's like this kind of then these like their limiting beliefs kicks in. Do you know what I mean? It's like I, I don't know what what other excuses. I mean, there's so many excuses, but do you find that that's still very common in the world?
1: Yeah 100% you know obviously before I started the agency having quit there I did a lot of freelancing and I remember one particular conversation with someone high up within a big organization and they said you know I can't wait to get the house the two cars the dog and then the three kids that was their dream and I remember inside thinking if that's it shoot me now you know because for me yeah you know, I haven't got the dog, I've got three kids and I've got a wife. <laughs> I've got done that so much. But the point of it is this, they're the foundation to actually make a mark on the world. So, you know, that sure. shouldn't be it. That's the base level for who we are. And I think the biggest thing, Adam, that's changed for me is when I quit and went on this journey and founded creation as a journey, I actually realized I was more than just an art director. And so as a result of that, I've become an author, you know, I've started a couple of other companies. Yeah. If I just stayed in that one lane. That's all I would have become. And now I think my life is a lot more, a uh, lot richer for making a brave decision. And I think a lot of people are, you know, living life where they see themselves as the job description, not realizing that their career isn't their purpose. And that's, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do. If you discover your purpose, you'll realize you're actually a lot more than what you think.
0: Yep. Very good. Interesting. Love it. Very cool. Um, what's going to say? Um, I know that you, we, we talked, uh, well, I spoke very earlier about the, um, about the, catal- uh, the crisis catalyst yeah now tell us what do you mean by the crisis catalyst what is it and um i, I know that you've got some you you've got a very good story to tell with, with that so maybe you could uh give us a little bit more insight around crisis catalyst and how that really applies to people in this day and age
1: yeah i mean at this point in the world we've all been through the same crisis to some extent you know that sure. everyone's had their jobs changed, the landscapes changed because of the pandemic. That's, that's probably the biggest thing that has changed and we've all gone through it together. And so I realized that those people that got through it had a different attitude to crisis than those people that have really struggled in it. So a lot of people like yourself and the people that we connect with would say, okay, this is the challenge. We're going to have to pivot. We're going to have to, you know, do certain things. And we, we, we're looking through this as, yes, it's a crisis, but we can get through to the other side. Mm-hmm. There are other people that are just still stuck on the crisis. They're still following their Twitter feed, wondering when the pandemic's going to end, for example, <laughs> you know, and, and and they don't want to go outside and they may have very valid reasons, but the point is that they're trapped in fear and they don't move any further forward. Crisis has essentially paralyzed them rather than, propelled them into doing what they're supposed to do so Got it. i've I, the crisis catalyst in the way is having an attitude towards crisis is one of saying i see the crisis but i know that if i put these things and principles in place and learn the cycle of crisis then actually i'm going to end up in a much stronger position on the other side you see prior my crisis being on that road with that girl was i could end that relationship which would have been a crisis but the crisis was with, with me and that girl was me being honest with myself but in being honest with myself, I created my own crisis. Mm. And in doing so, then I had to do something about it. And I had to go through the cycle of crisis to come out the other side to say my future is so much better than where I was before. Prior to that moment, I wasn't married. At the end of that, Will, in nine months later, we were married. You know, so I'm already up, <laughs> you know, by making <laughs> the right decisions.
0: Love it, love it, love it, love it. it, it you know, it's interesting. Um you mentioned there was something that you highlighted in that conversation, but how, how, how important, I mean, yes, you could talk about what I was going to say. You could talk about the fact that yes, we can identify crisis, but then it's all about, well, how do I, how do we react as human beings? Do we take ownership and, you know, do something about it? Or do we play the, uh, the Joker's card, which is all about why me? Oh, and go, you kind of like start to blame every Tom, Dick, and Harry, apart from yourself, of course, um, you know, and, and control that's not really in your control type of thing. Do you know what I mean? And it's, do you feel like, especially sort of um, in this day and age, do you feel like that there's still um, a lot of people out there, entrepreneurs, business owners alike, and things like that? Do you think that there are still people out there that have that attitude?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the main thing, and this is what I'll, I'll share now very quickly, is there is a there is a uh, a process to crisis and it's recognizing that we're all when you go for a crisis, you just might be stuck on one phase and not know how to get on to the next one. Yes. So the, fir- the first one is the crisis itself. It comes. It's unexpected. You know, that journey in the car was an unexpected journey. Um, it, it just comes. It hits us. But we've got to really admit that it is a crisis. Yeah. OK, we're in crisis. Now, in the past, we used to see crisis as a negative thing, but when you can see it as a positive thing, it's like, okay, what's on the other side of this? The second thing is shock. When crisis comes, we often get shocked. You know, it's hit us, it may affect our emotions, we may not feel any emotion, but it's a shock. And, you know, if you've ever been in an accident, it's natural, there is a shock process. And, you know, essentially a crisis is a trauma to ourselves that we have to handle. The third thing then is what I call is stretch. And this is often the biggest one. I'm going to talk to people. It's often where people stay the most in the stretch position is it's trying to hark back to the way things were before crisis here or moving on. And so you feel pulled at two different angles. You know, I want to go back, but I know it's impossible, but I want to move on. But I don't know where it's going to take me to. True. Then once you're out of that, there's this thing of from stretch, you move into pain and pain is where. You have to deal with relationships. You might have to say goodbye to some people. You might have to change jobs, move country. That's not easy. And you're going through pain because it wasn't what you planned necessarily, but I need to go for it to come out the other side. Then we move into what we call is push, that you push the pain aside and you start gathering momentum. So you make some decent decisions or big decisions that mean I'm going to live this life. So, if, you know, for instance, if you lost a loved one, you have to say, you know what, I miss them terribly, but I'm still alive. I've got to push beyond that enjoy right. the memories but actually i've got to move forward so yes it's tough because you've gone through the pain but ultimately you've got to you've got to push further forward and then the last three things are this you move then towards the light you can see the light at the end of the tunnel because life is starting to look a little bit different now it may be completely different to the way you lived it before but actually there's hope there then you move into this place of i'm doing what i'm supposed to do which is flow you know what i'm glad the crisis happened in a way um, because I can move on from it or the crisis has happened and I've picked up the best bits from it so I can move further forward. So now I'm flowing. And once you're flowing and you're doing what you're supposed to do, guess what? You can now share that story, which what we call is grow with other people and say, you know what? I've been through a crisis. There is a way for it. Let me show you where. So the reason I shared those eight things is to say that everybody could identify on that list where they are right now when it's the crisis and so it's not to avoid it there's a journey to go through
0: so question <clears throat> you've identified a methodology or a or, or a cycle right and now people are going to be depending on where where our listeners are with regards to you know within that sort of preferment, they they might not be in a crisis but it, for those people that are in a crisis okay uh, they're going to be in one of eight stages as you are as as you've identified can you go back Straight back to the beginning. Even if you got to stage five, you 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 know you're moving out of pain into push, if you like. Can at any time, can you go right back to the start at any time? And if so, what what what's the cause of that?
1: So I would say that you know this crisis is is a journey that you go through. You might experience different things that remind you of where you were at stretch or remind you where you at pain. For instance you've stretched and you've made decision to push through and you said goodbye to some relationships and that person gets back in touch. You know, and you then you're faced with where you were back then in that moment and you have to deal with it. And if you've made a decision that I'm going to walk away from it, you just have to reinforce that decision. Yeah, because ultimately, if we do go back, sometimes it takes us back to where we are and we undo all that hard work. So I would say if the crisis becomes bigger, you're going to go through that circle again. True. You know what I mean? You just go through. You might you might go through it again quicker, but you still go through the same journey. So let's say you've been through it. You come out the other side. You've taught everybody about how you've overcome this crisis, and then something similar happens. Guess what? You'll go through it, but you know what to, you know what to expect
0: this time. And where does fear play an important role in this? Does that? Um, I was going to say, can that like put a bit of a roadblock within that? journey of the cycle do
1: you know what I would i uh, it to some degree I think fear is often the bridge between each one of these stages Interesting. because you know, when, you know like to go from crisis to shock you've got to deal with that fear true you know, am I gonna live am i gonna survive am i gonna to go from shock it's like it hurts now what what's happened to me you know um from let's say from pain to push it's like I'm gonna have to deal with this pain but I don't know what the future looks like, but I've overcome fear. So I would say fear almost is like the bridge between each one of these stages, even from seeing hope and flowing. You know, what's people going to think? Because there's this whole argument that a lot of people have fear of failure. But I mean, a lot of people have fear of success. You know, what yep. will people think of me when they see my picture on the front of a magazine or <laughs> having an interview with Adam Strong? You know, Oh, look,
0: there he goes again. You know, fear, I think, literally touches every one of those. Absolutely. I mean, if you're on the if you're on the front cover of the magazine with me, or, or in the book, I mean, you, I mean, you, you, that's it. You're dominated. Now I'm joking. Anyway, <laughs> um, interesting. Um, love it. Very cool. Tell us. I know that you've already shared a story with us with regards to uh, which was you know going back sort of twenty odd years. Are there any? Are there any um, personal stories, or maybe someone that you worked with that has gone through that cycle? What were the circumstances and what was the end result for them at the end or or the end result for yourself?
1: Well, it's interesting because obviously I have staff um, and, uh, you know, certainly within the creative agency, I had my, one of my team, for example, were approached by a recruiter and he was my best dev, you know, he was also (laughs) a great guy. And um, there was my crisis and he's going through a crisis now because he's coming to tell me he's been offered a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to go, but the money's too hard to turn down. But when we actually talked and went through this, so we dealt with the shock and the stretch, yep. got to the stretch point where we actually had the conversation. Well, what do you really want out of life?
0: Yeah.
1: And actually said, I want to start my own company. Mm. And I said, okay, that's great. So we discussed it a bit more. And I said, well, then, that, you know, you've got to say goodbye to the team. And that. And he said, yeah, I'm cool with that. I want to do that. But where we come to this push point, which was a place of agreement was, Rather than wait three to four years earning loads of money doing a job that it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't amazing. It was, it was just a great paid job. Perfect. We could go into business together and speed the process up. So that's what we did. So that was the beginnings of our software company. So he's gone from the crisis to now owning the company without the risk that's really helped him. And so now, you know, because he's got a young family, we're now running together in parallel together. We've been through a crisis together. We've come out the other side, but we're both flowing now because we're doing what we really want to do. So rather than work for someone, as in working for me, we're now working together. We're co-equal. You know, it's not me above him. We're literally partners. And and that's great. So that's that's like the working, like a working crisis. Um, in terms of people, uh, in terms of crisis, deal with them all the time. You know, we've got friends that go through crisis and I just literally go, right, how can I help? And I take them through some of this process without them even realising. Um, you know, and say, well, where are you at? This has happened. You know, you've got to deal with this, but maybe you just need to move on or change your circumstances. So I think it's become something that I've lived myself first, and now I'm able to show other people through it. Um, and often it's a job change. Um, it could be a, 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 a moving house. This can be a crisis for some people because that's where they put the thing in. Um, you know, or, or or there's trauma that's affected the family outside of the family that they're having to deal with, like a relationship breakdown. And how do yeah. I take them through that? So my world is quite varied outside of the work. Um, And so we've got a lot of relationships that way. And yeah, I, you know, we're helping, helping people through that crisis isn't the end. There's no full stop to the end of it. It's probably been, been the biggest thing. But yeah, from a work example, I, I, that one was, we both ended up in a much better position because mm. we both sat down together and talked.
0: Good story, love it. Very cool. Now I know that you've got um, your own uh, I'll call it story as such. I suppose it's more of your granddad's story, really, and your dad and whatever it is. And I know that you shared that with us with, uh, within our mastermind group, and I thought it was a very powerful metaphor, if you like. Um, I'd love for for you to maybe share that with some of our listeners and uh, how that kind of relates back to some of our conversations around around the the crisis catalyst. Yeah,
1: so here's the thing, is that when you're in crisis, you're in that moment in time. And we often see it as the that moment in time, this crisis, this is it. But we, what we don't realise is there's been a whole load of circumstances leading up to this moment, way beyond even your age and your years. And so my father uh, told me a story, well, he told it to my son who told us, and we couldn't believe we weren't told about it. Um, but essentially, my, uh, my grandfather was a Seafire pilot. So he, it's essentially a Spitfire, but landed on an aircraft carrier. And in 1941, he was land, basically flying to land on the Ark Royal. And the Ark Royal, for many of you, if you can remember, got actually torpedoed uh, by the uh, by the Germans and sunk. Now, at a similar time before he actually got to land there, he's flying, um, he's flying his uh, Seafire, and out of the sun come three Messerschmitts. Uh, they shoot them, shoot at the, shoot at them. One of the bullets goes through the floor of the plane, through his chin and out the top of his head. Oh, wow. He lands, he lands the sea fire into the sea. He's broken both his ankles. He gets rescued. In getting rescued, he's nursed back to health from a, a lady from an Italian family um, whose name was Joy. And Joy became his joy of his life because they ended up getting married. Wow,
0: that's insane. Which is know. That's a, that's a big crisis, damn.
1: Yeah, exactly. But the point is, while he was in the sea, he made that decision. is I'm not going to allow this to sink me. He pushed through. But had he not pushed through, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. Right. You know. And so that then led to, um, yeah, Ian embraced joy. Uh, sorry, James embraced joy. And along come Ian, my father. And uh, my father went out. Uh, he was uh, he joined the Navy. He was on HMS Homies, which is one of the lead ships in the Falklands War. Absolutely yep. loved the job, lost his kneecap on board ship at 21. He got the hang doors, went back, smashed his kneecap, shattered Ooh. his career. And wow. and and this was his dream career, you know, he's gone. Yeah. yeah. But he made a decision. He made he made a series of decisions and 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 you know, he, he's done a variety of jobs, but he made a decision not to be a, a victim, is almost say, Well, hang on a minute, I still got my life here, I can actually impact people. So he ended up working with drug addicts and taking them out of them drowning in despair and helping them. And he essentially become an inspiration to me to say, you know, it doesn't matter what the crisis is, you can always do good at them in the midst of it. And then along come me, you know, who then quits this high flying job in 2001. <laughs> and I am thinking you know, it's not sinking in the sea in terms of a Spitfire pilot, or it's not losing your career. I've still got my hand, hands and my eyes and, and my mouth and I still communicate. But the point of it is, is that each one of those people, when the crisis happened, their life changed dramatically. But, you know, they put their they put they put their investment of time and their resources and talent into people where they can do the most impact. So you know, my grandfather's inspired my son, um, my dad's inspired me, if you like, and 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 just showing me that you know, doing good is the right thing, and yeah. that you can win doing good. And if you chase uh, if you chase impact rather than income, somehow the income will take care of itself.
0: It's interesting because um, uh, I was. I, what's really interesting uh, off the back of this conversation. I mean, you've given, you've given us some great uh, stories. You shared some great stories about that. And, and I suppose what I was going to say is let the saga continue, because obviously you've got three generations there. Now you've got the fourth one, probably your kids. You'll be, they'll be telling the same story in 20 years time. Oh, but my dad and my great grandfather. Yeah, but this is uh,
1: Adam. This is one of the things. So, you know, prior to the pandemic, we recognised that our kids were not flourishing the way that we would want them to flourish. It wasn't that academically there may sure. have been a few struggles here and there, but sure. as people, they weren't happy in themselves. So we made a we, we made a decision that was their crisis point where our elders come to us and said, I'm not enjoying school. It's a nightmare. Dad, how about we homeschool? And we made that decision and we took them wow. out just before the pandemic. We're still homeschooling now. Um, the kids absolutely love it. Obviously before pandemic and then going through the pandemic, we were seen as geniuses because how did you know? Um, it wasn't, we had no inside track. We just made this decision that actually kids being happy in education need to go together and not, not to separate the True. two. True. And you know, we're educating them. We're educating them in a way that we believe is going to set them up to be more entrepreneurial to be successful, to embrace risk. And they took the biggest risk, essentially, by leaving the the safety of a comfortable environment but wasn't really enriching to now embrace something far different. So they've already experienced us doing, essentially, the unconventional, but you've got to do the unconventional to live an unconventional life.
0: I mean, most people, most of the kids in this day and age over the last 18 months have been homeschooling themselves anyway. So Um, (laughs) but, yeah, I mean, listen, that's a that's a whole new can of worms to open up there. But um, interestingly enough, there's one question that really um, got my thoughts going here, which is you call your the crisis. You see crisis as a catalyst. Yeah. What do you mean by the word catalyst? Because, I mean, I think I think the impression is very different from different people. But what do you mean by as a a catalyst?
1: Yeah. So so I would say it's our it's our attitude to crisis that determines if it's a catalyst or it's the end of things. Got it. Yeah. And so when I see crisis happen now, because I've been through it enough times and I recognize the journey of it, I'm like, ah, something's changing. But on the other side, it's going to be good. So I approach it in a positive mindset than necessarily begin to fear it. Now, I know I've got to go through certain things to go through this, but it gives me a hope from the outset to say, I don't like it. I might not enjoy it. But like if you have a crash in your car and you were looking to replace that car at some point, guess what? Now's the time to do it. True. You know, it's, that, it's, it's having that mindset to say, well, I've always wanted to replace this car and now I've had an accident. I'm going to have to do it. um so that can accelerate things so for me the crisis is the crisis catalyst is seeing it positively rather than negatively
0: love it very good uh for you guys that are listening in by the way if you have any comments or any questions uh for daryl do me a favor give us a like share or comment in the comment section below uh we are broadcasting out on uh youtube linkedin facebook all the other good platforms as well or if you listen to the pre-recording of this uh, you can also reach out to Daryl on his social media links and those will be on the ones uh, below. Um, uh, one thing that we share very common actually is the whole kind of um, the word purpose. Yeah. And um, I guess my, my, my question is around the whole kind of, you know, you, you've discovered, I mean, you, sh- at the beginning, you shared an interesting insight about, you know, wanting to work with brands that, you know, weren't going to take people to an early grave, something which was more meaningful and purposeful, et cetera, et cetera. But my question really, and this is this will probably be a question from a lot of our listeners, whether it be uh, big companies or small, is why should companies care about the way that they do things in terms of their purpose and not profit?
1: Yeah, it's a big question, but it's a good one. I think we generations think differently. So the first thing is a lot of owners of businesses at the moment it's been it's been said that 80% of business owners looking to sell right now won't sell. Why? Because purpose doesn't emanate because the sole purpose initially was just to make cash, make money. Right. The generation coming through now are saying we've seen how destructive that can be. That when you put money first, it breaks down families, it destroys relationships, it hurts workers. So people have looked in and saw Generation X, let's say, and go, well, you know, they've got a few scars on their back from working in those companies, but they've come out of it or emerging out of it saying, say, no, we've got to do better. And then you've got the generation, which we call the millennium generation and now Gen Z coming through there saying, we want to make an impact. That's the sole motivation for us to get in a job. All of a sudden, that journey or that thing comes through and say, well, as business owners now, if they want a, a, a business that transcends the generations, They've got a pot purpose at the heart of it, and so the best place to go to, even if you are older, is to find out that when you said you wanted to earn more money, why did you want to earn more money? What did you want to do? Yeah, because it wasn't all about the money. It became all about the money. But if you dig deep enough down, it might be to discover a new product, or it might be to you know stop someone hurting or healing people or whatever. And and be and back in the day, you couldn't say those kind of things because that was all too touchy feely. Now it's what life is about: is that how do you how do you leave legacy? How do you leave impact? And I think even the older generation are asking those questions and maybe changing the way that they look at life. To say, you know what, actually, I want to live a world, uh, leave a life that's so much better for my grandchildren, and not chase the money because I've just seen how destructive it could be. Yeah. So I think for businesses now, why they should care about purpose is this: a business really lasts beyond one generation because they're impacting. They're having an influence. So impact and influence should be the thing. So if you are a, you know, let's say, if you are a, a dog walking company, let's use that as an example. Yep. It's about exercise. It's about enriching the dog's experience as well. It's about bringing the family together. It's not just about dog walking, but it's been proven there are so many benefits to dog walking. So when you lead on that, people go, now I'm, I'm ready to do that. And I think that's where businesses are. It's like, if I can impact in a good way i lead up front with that and actually it makes me feel good my staff say hey i want to work for a company like that so i have retention and now all of a sudden everyone has confidence in what they're doing and it's not just about the money and i think that's where businesses are making the biggest shift right now they're becoming more purposeful because they've realized they've got caught into the 1980s chase the money you know uh, you know the big shoulder pads and you know uh, i can't remember the guy from wall street but you know it's that whole thing of money and you know People are sick of that, you know. Ultimately, people would rather earn five grand less a year and see more of their family. That's the biggest change I've seen.
0: Right Do now. you uh, I don't know about you, but one thing that has come really apparent, you know, especially over the last uh, few months, is that there are there are so many companies out there now that are in desperate need of talent, effectively. And what's really interesting, and what's really interesting about our conversation. Is that applicants are choosing their direct, choose choosing the right company for them? Does that make sense? Yeah. And and it's interesting because there's a lot of science out there, there's a lot of research out there that proves that money is not the motivating catalyst or the motivating factor for a lot of people. It's about who is it that we can become. What is it that we can, well, you know, they, they, they think about their personal values. Do you think or do you feel like um, companies are beginning to shift the way that, you know, that people want in terms of like their purpose? Or do you feel like a lot of companies are still stuck in the whole kind of, well, we can just give them an extra couple of grand or we can incentivize them? And maybe I, I know that. Uh, there are companies out there that, you know, if you if you apply for a job, even if you apply and you're successful, they'll give you a couple of grand up front. But do you think that that really works? And where, where, where's the shift here?
1: Yeah, I, I think the biggest shift in in the marketplace is this, you know, giving someone an extra five grand, 10 grand. I think you, interestingly enough, when you hit a certain ceiling of earning. I could chuck you another 20 grand, but it's not actually going to affect your pocket too much because it's taxed True. so so much. True. So companies are already having to think about how do they get that extra money to them, you know, giving them extra benefits and stuff like that, which then begins to give them a journey of discovery and say, well, actually, what do these people want? Because I can give them 100 grand and they're like, nah, I don't want to do it. I'll go and find somewhere else. Now, the, the, the biggest thing for me is in the past, it used to be, what's your price? And then I just keep giving you to find out what your price is. And people are like, no, no, no. I've be- I've seen that. I've seen the outworking of that. Basically, I work more hours. I leave behind the things I care about. And then when the poo does hit the fan, you're going to dump me anyway. So a lot of people would rather take a job that's less money that allows them either to focus on what they really want to do in life. So they're working in parallel. They've got a side hustle that could become their business, or what they're doing is not stealing so much out of them. They've got a great quality of life. They see their family. They're happier as a person, and actually. You know, life is more than just work. So they, they all of a sudden think, I'm living purpose, and their purpose, they might be working in the charity that gives them more time to do that. So I think people are making a decision now. I'm not chasing the salary or money. It's much wider than that. It's lifestyle, it's work life balance, and you right. can have it. And, you know, these companies that actually switch on to that now are, are actually finding it easier to recruit. So one of the things that we did was added the four day work week into our business. So my whole team are off today. I'm obviously here, and <laughs> that's my choice, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy it, and that's fine. But my team are off. I'll give you know they do the four day work weeks so on a two week cycle. On the Friday, the first Friday of every of a two week cycle, is they have off. They just go and do what they want. They go and have fun. Nice. The second week of that Friday is R and D week because we're so busy, we don't always have time to read books, study, and discover new tools and things like that. And they have that day for that as well. So now I'm giving them something that is more than the average company. So therefore, the team that worked with me have been with me a long time. Very cool. You know, and that, that's what we've had to do to shift, to create retention. Because if you just keep chucking people up more money, mm. they're going to get more money somewhere else. Do you Very know what I mean? That's, so you get caught in this thing. They'll work with you six months and go somewhere else. Absolutely. I find it like that in the, in the um, software development world. At the moment, people are just being thrown loads of money. So they're saying, yes, 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 yes. But we're coming to a thing where people are saying, well, actually, I want to develop with meaning. How do I impact it? So all of a sudden, we come full circle again. And I think for companies that are to be successful, they need to recognize that it's not just about income. It's about work-life balance. It's about achieving purpose. It's about creating impact. And those people that are struggling to recruit, chances are they're not communicating their mission, their vision, their values, why they're doing their impact. And they come across as a very old company. And so yeah. when you see it's all about the money, there's a reticence there because they know they're just going to be a number.
0: Yep. Agreed. Now, for individuals and companies alike, if they're convinced by our conversations, uh, well, we're hoping that, they, that they've got some sort of, uh, I suppose, facts, I suppose, with regards to uh, understanding more about. OK, so I want I, I made the decision. I want to become more purposeful. How do I go about doing it, Daryl? Any any tips there?
1: It it it's a case of going back. It's getting some reflection time. Go out for a walk. You know, just yeah. shut yourself away, kind of thing. Yeah, and just reflect back to your childhood. What was it that you used to do that you forgot to eat, but you enjoyed so much? Pizza. You're <laughs> well, <of> <laughs> so like you there's dinner on the table and your mum's having to call you for the 15th time because you're doing something that you absolutely love and enjoy. And it might be in sport. It might be running around. It might be talking to people. There's some great clues in that. So for instance, you might love gathering people, just love doing it. And you've always done that. But by taking some time out, you go, I didn't know I could make a business out of gathering people. (laughs) And then actually deep down you're a connector. And so how can you, you were brought on this earth to be a connector, so how do you now connect other people and maybe take that brave step to starting a business from it? And all of a sudden, now you're living life on purpose. And very quickly, you'll find that those five, 10 years of looking for that one thing, because you've gone back to the thing that you enjoy, all of a sudden, everything begins to make sense. And then you're faced with that crisis. Now, do I quit? Do I do it as a side hustle? That's another journey. But you know, I challenge everybody to just take that time out to just reflect, go back and say, are you really doing what you were put on earth to do? And if you're not, make changes. Stop making excuses. You've got to make those changes. And I was faced with that. In the car, someone asked me that question. The thing that gets me up is helping people discover purpose and then putting it back into the business. I love doing that. I love the lights coming on and they fall back in love with their business again. That's what I love doing. And so I'm doing it. So that's why, and like you, Adam, you love doing what you're doing. So you woke up in the morning and it's like, this is great. But there are people that hate Monday morning. They're living for the weekend <laughs> and you're living for like 104 days of the year. That's not good.
0: Yeah. If you you're know? one of those guys that hates Monday morning and can't wait till Friday, uh, Friday afternoon, because it's the weekend, you need to change your career or at least change your job or whatever it is, because you're doing the wrong thing. Come on. Exactly.
1: You just gotta look at you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a happy where am I happy and where I am? Now listen, we're all on a journey. I look True. in the mirror and I go, No, I'm nowhere near where I want to get to.
0: But True.
1: I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do right now in this moment. Yeah. And I think it's just having the courage and the conviction to do that because I think if you lead from that, and I call it a place of heart set, it's what's mm-hmm. down in your heart, your mm-hmm. mindset will align and you'll achieve great things.
0: You know, it's, you know, it's interesting, actually, there was one thing that sort of came to my head was that um, you brought up a very good point about the whole kind of heart set and, and mindset side of stuff. But I think uh, with with regards to the sort of your purpose as such is that, you know, of course, everyone is on their, everyone is on, you know, on a journey or such as you, as you mentioned it. And I suppose, There's no right or wrong but the one thing that came to my mind was is that we've all got choices you know the human beings are the only people on this planet that have got one thing and that's choice yeah you know and and i use that as an analogy right because the because we have got choices it means that we can do whatever we want to do okay because everyone wants to they desire to be successful. They desire to be happy. They desire, most people like to help others, you know, that kind of stuff. But again, I suppose it all goes back to kind of knowing, and, you know, and, and I talk about this a lot, actually, Daryl, perceptional self-awareness, you know, perceptual self-awareness knowing what your strengths are, how to hone down on them and then, you know, even delegating your weaknesses out or, uh, or, or making improvements where necessary. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, listen, I think, you know, the biggest thing I realise is, and this is in the education system, it doesn't play to your strengths. And it says, no. well, let's work on your weaknesses as well. And then we create average. No, 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 your strengths <laughs> yeah. are your superpower. <laughs> so let's double no. down on the strengths. Let's double down on the strengths because if if your strength is not numbers, there's someone who absolutely loves numbers that you're getting in the way of. So yep. give them a job or... They start an accountancy firm and you employ them. They're fulfilling their purpose and you're fulfilling yours. So 100%. I mean, this is often what it is. We're we're trying to do so many things when, in fact, we just need to find our superpower, stick to that, and then get out of the way of those people that it is their superpower and go find them. It'd be like, Adam, do you know someone who's an absolute superpower in raising finance? Yeah, I do. Great. Then let's go find them and involve them with me because that's not my strength.
0: Yep. Yeah. it's it's like it's it's like saying with any anyone any entrepreneur business owner they wear so many different hats you know trying to be the jack of all trades master of none as i like to call it right it just doesn't work doesn't work guys right get that through your head it doesn't work okay so you can
1: so so i said this way i'm a i'm a a sole founder or you know with claire we started creation so you know it's owned by us because I'm absolutely trained to know that industry inside out. Yeah. But with the other companies, I've gone into business with someone else who are experts in that area, yep. and what I know that I can bring to the table. So, you know, if you're not an expert in that area, or it's not fully your superpower. Far rather, find a co-founder that is.
0: Absolutely, piggyback so off I'm that. There.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you're an absolute expert in the career, then yeah, be a sole founder. But if you, if you are good in one area, but you know, there are weaknesses that you need strengths in. So like with software, for example, very creative, coming up with ideas and putting those together, but I need someone technical to execute it. Andrews is your man. He's very creative technically, but the two of us working together can produce some great projects.
0: Very cool. Love it. Listen, enjoying our conversations. Love the conversations that we have in. But I'd love to know more about um, if you could tell some of our listeners about where they can grab a copy of your your book or where it is. where Where is it available? So
1: the book is uh, if you go www.cre8ion, that's creation.co.uk. If you go to creation.co.uk, there's a big banner that comes up. You click on that and you can get my book that way. That's probably the simplest way to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just go to the creation website, which is my creative agency. The book is on there. We're currently working on a few other avenues to get it out there to the marketplace. Um, but the reality is go to my website, click on there and you can buy it, take you to a landing page. Simple way of doing sure. it.
0: Very good. So, guys, we'll put the link below anyway, <clears throat> just in case you uh, missed out on the link. But we'll put the link below so that you can get access to that. And, uh, and obviously, as you can see on um, Daryl's background, he's also the co-author of uh, Play the Game, which you'll see on, on there. So you can see the copy of that as well. But we don't talk about that because that's, yeah. Anyway, so that's <laughs> all good. <laughs> Listen, uh, Daryl, just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today. Had lots of fun, lots of great conversations. Uh, so thanks again. Really appreciate it.
1: No, I really appreciate it, Adam. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's been, it's great to talk about crisis. Great that you, you, you're you're helping people become game changers and thank you so much for the opportunity
0: awesome very good so listen guys if you have any questions as well with regards to today's conversations feel free to reach out to daryl and his links are on the link below you can do that by clicking on his links below and just mention the podcast so that they he knows where he can kind of make two and two together so listen from me and daryl hope you've enjoyed today's show And we'll see you again on the next Game Changers Audio Experience. Take care. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening into today's show. I hope that you have enjoyed today's show. Just a reminder, we love creating this amazing podcast show. It wouldn't be as successful if it wasn't for you guys. So we want to make sure that we would love it if you would be able to reciprocate and write an amazing whether it be a one star or five star review if you're listening to this on apple go to apple on itunes and go to the game changers audio experience leave a one or a five star review whichever you prefer if you're listening to this on android whether it be on amazon music Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the good Android platforms. Go to podchaser.com, that's podchaser.com and leave a one or a five-star review on there. We'll be extremely grateful. Thanks very much for tuning in. Got some great shows coming up. Cheers.